Posse Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to an episode of Packers, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Yep, we're going to talk today. We're going to talk today. Grassi. And today we have on a very special guest, a gem, someone whose name has been echoing throughout the comments for the past few weeks. And he is either the bane of your existence or he is the heart of your eye. That's the wrong phrase. I don't even know what I was, the, what was the phrase I was going for. Don't know. But he is not only on the NFL network, he is also the host and creator of the Adam Rank podcast. And that is Adam Rank. Adam, thanks for so much for coming on, buddy. What's happening? And that sound you hear is Packers fans around the world being like, nope, not <laughs> listening to this idiot. We're gone. Unsubscribe. Like immediately, like right away. <laughs> we built this following and it just crumbles in a heartbeat. But I, I have to say, I, I, I came prepared, obviously, because this is, this is where I do my yes. thing. It looks like you very much came prepared as well. Oh, 100%. You know, there's no way... You know, I have a whole collection of Bears hats behind me as well. Mine are a little bit neater, but whatever. Yours looks good too. Like, don't. No, no, no. It's good. It's a good look for you. It's, no, I, it's I what mean, we would. No, no, no. It's what we would expect from Wisconsin. Like, you are the relative that we have that you know that when you're going to their house, you're probably going to be sitting on a pile of magazines. So yours seems appropriate. Mine, tastefully adorned as mm. a Bears fan, as somebody from the state of Illinois. Mm. From the city of Chicago, well, not really this, you know, the suburbs, Schaumburg, well, which you know, a lot of a lot of Chicago people will be like, that's not Chicago, but whatever. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 it's, it's not a problem. I'm used to it from you. So the what uh, we're talking <laughs> about, you know, you you brought up a really really good point, and I think that's a perfect transition because obviously, you know, you were born in Chicago. Yes. Right? And you know, I want to take a second and acknowledge, obviously, the the country's in crazy times. COVID is rampaging. Um, but I did want to talk about something very, very important because you didn't live in Chicago your entire life. If I'm not mistaken, you moved to California. Oh yeah. My dad, Navy guy, and he's from a town in Illinois called Sterling, Illinois. That's probably actually closer to Davenport than it is Chicago. My mom is from Oswego. And so when my dad was done with all of his obligations, he's like, we're not living here anymore. We're, we're getting out of the snow like a smart person. He's like, we're getting out of the, so interesting first year. He's like, let's go to Atlanta. So we moved down there. We, of all places, Stone Mountain, super proud to be, you know, a former resident there. Yeah. And the first winter we were there and I was a little kid and this is more of a lore that I hear is that there was an ice storm and my dad's like this, nope, done. And we moved to California not only California, but like outside of Los Angeles to where it's more deserty. So there was no chance of there ever being snow ever. So yeah, so I have, I have that weird thing. So you see, like a lot of people will wonder, cause like if you follow me on any sort of social media, you'll see me tweeting out angel stuff. And they're like, what is happening here? What is mm -hmm. going on? It's like, yeah, I grew up here. I grew up in the town outside of Anaheim. And so I'm an angels fan, but I like the bears. We didn't also have pro football out here in Southern California for a long time. So that's on you NFL. Yeah, that's, you want me to root it for the Rams. Yeah. So I left the team here. That that's true. But to, to get to a more important point here <laughs> is that not only did you move to California, you went to a very specific high school. Uh, can, can you, Oh my gosh. What that high school is, is that what, is that what you were getting at? 
I, I just, grew up, listen, let's just say, listen, I grew up in a, in a town outside of Anaheim. We'll just say it's Anaheim adjacent. That's all we have to do. Do I have to say that I'm from Corona High? Oh, I'm sorry. What, what, what was it? Corona High? Corona Whoa. High. Whoa. I didn't say that. I, I didn't yes. know. I just, I just knew. It well, was, I think it was, it was worse because I went to uh, COVID Junior High. Ah, that, 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 that <laughs> was it. And then you go until you're 18 and then you graduate when you're COVID-19. That makes sense. Okay. So <laughs> basically what I'm trying to get at is last year, the Bears season was so horrendous, right? And, and there's a lot of- It was of, eight and eight. But okay. I, mean, I mean, for our expectations. For yes. your expectations, yes. For the Lions, that would have been amazing. That, that, would, that would have been a celebration for the next Matt three Patricia years. Matt Patricia would have had a parade. <laughs> so that being said, right, there's a lot of crazy conspiracy theories going out right there, right? That like, you know, Corona was creating a lab, the government's doing it so they can change the batteries on the pigeons outside. Lots of crazy <laughs> stuff. 5G. But, 5G, of course. And, and I think, you know, one of the stories that really hasn't been talked about so much, you see the Bears doing poorly and the Packers doing well. And I'm, I'm just putting things together. A guy goes to Corona High School and all of a sudden there's a pandemic. I'm not, I'm not making any accusations. I'm just saying it's a little weird. It is a little coincidental. And that is one of the things, you know, and unfortunately I have a neighbor who just today decided to hang a flag outside of their house, who would probably believe a mm. conspiracy theory like that. Mm. And unfortunately for Packer fans, uh, that conspiracy did not take place before the NFC Championship game to a kind of keep you from some embarrassment, or maybe that was part of it. You maybe know, it was the whole thing. It, it was in the psyche of everybody. You know, it, it hadn't really hit here yet. And I think... <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, Adam, you're a pretty popular guy. You have a lot of followers on the social medias. I'm sure you know a lot of people, you know, you're feeling down about the Bears game, you know, season, really. You go, you mess around a weekend, you know, with some biotech friends, accidentally (laughs) create, you know, the the next plague. I've heard crazier things. You know what? It would really not be the most outlandish thing. I watched a special on CNN. This wouldn't even, wouldn't have made the cut. (laughs) They're like, nah, this is too normal for mm-hmm. what a lot of those people are believing. A hundred percent. Okay. So I, I just wanted to get the accusations of you creating the coronavirus over a weekend with your, your friends out of the way first in the beginning of the show. Right. We'll get at the great way to start. Yeah. I, I figured, cause you got to ease them into it. Right. Well, and you know, so, you're, it's showmanship. You always start off with your second best joke. Thank you. Finish with the best one. And so, yes, that was, that was the way to go. That's I, I, I appreciate tip. that. You know, it really is an art and I feel like the nuances in creating this art really go unnoticed, but I appreciate you examining that. Um, so you're a stand-up comedian, and that obviously, you know, is apparent in the way that you predict teams' wins and losses. Fair enough, so yeah. can you um, kind of dive into two things? One, when you're looking at a team, right, yes. do you look at the Green Bay Packers every year and just hope for the absolute worst, and that is reflected in your prediction because that's what everyone in the comments says <laughs> that's what they feel yeah that is first of all i gotta i gotta point this out too it this is the first time and i believe that this is in the history of anything that you have two comics together talking and neither one of us are wearing a hoodie 
I don't think that it's ever happened. I just noticed that. Like neither one. Like this is weird. I was sitting here watching. I'm like, we don't look. No, one of one of us is required to wear a hoodie. That's a hundred percent accurate. That. We messed that up. And so yeah, my predictions were some of my greatest hits. That, that's my comedy album. Like I don't have a comedy <laughs> album to hang on my wall, but I can always I can always go and and again with showmanship. I opened with the Titans three and thirteen record, but closed with the 49ers going three and thirteen. Although I do want to say, in fairness to me. First of all, number one, the Titans, your team still sucks. Like, you were nine and seven. Quit acting like you were some great team. Like, the 49ers, <laughs> like, that was an obvious whip. With Marcus Mariota, your team was miserable. You were two and four. Titan fans who had been blowing me up in week six were like, oh, we're sorry. You were correct, sir. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, see, we told you. We went nine and seven. They're doing the McGregor walk all of a sudden like this. Like, look at us. And you beat the Patriots when that, when that franchise was in decline. Yet you, you, you played okay and you beat the Ravens because the Ravens can't catch up to anybody once you get a lead on them. And then the Chiefs barely even tried. They didn't even show up in the first quarter. And then they said, oh, God, we got to play this game. And they blew you out. So that, you're, the, you're the Jags of 2019. Congratulations. The 49ers was a whiff. I, but, but the 49ers were obviously a whiff. And at some point you're like, yeah, I'm just, like, I was wrong. Like, what yeah. do you want to do? I will say, last year, if you – and Packer fans won't remember this. I predicted your team to go 12-4. and four. I thought that Matt LaFleur was going to come in. And with the schedule, the way it laid out, I thought that they were – and it pained me. And like, I don't want to – I don't want this to happen. Sure. This is not the way I want this to go. But – they're a good team, and, you know, we, we have fun. We make jokes about Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and the fact that Eli Manning has as many Super Bowl rings as those two quarterbacks combined. Like, we make those jokes, but at the same time, like, you still have to recognize he's a good quarterback. Like, he's – yes, he's, he's, he's an excellent quarterback. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. And so uh, I, I do want – like, I, I hate picking when, I, when you look at a game. Sure. And you're like, oh, there's the Packers against who is it? Like the North is easy because you're gonna probably sweep the division again. Oh, give us one. Give us one. Just yeah. give us okay. one. Okay, I'll give you one. And so you look at it and you're like, oh, they're playing like they're better than this team. Like they're better than this team. And it's like it's it's defeating. You're like, this isn't fun for me. Like, yes, <laughs> you're good. Yes, you're good. Going through the it's motions. Like watch, it's like watching your your ex-girlfriend you know, date somebody super handsome. You're like, yes, he's very good looking. I'm happy for you. Congratulations. Yes. But just wishing for the absolute worst. No, I hear that. I mean, listen, if it makes you feel any better, the 49ers were undefeated and I was just like, nah, they're a fraud of a team. There's no way. And then they kicked the ever living crap out of us the first time. And I was like, okay, I could have been wrong. That, that, that may, (laughs) that may, that may have been a thing that, that could have been a mistake. Uh, and went, well, two things. Now I'm going to go off on a tangent. You were talking about the Packers having good quarterbacks, um, for the bears have the Chicago bears ever taken the approach of just drafting a good one? Cause we have found that that has been successful. No, no, no. We want to go a different way. And that's just not the Chicago way. You know, it's like, it's like Connery in the untouchables. That's not the (laughs) Chicago way. You know, this is my life. My, the three, like, this is legitimately serious. The three best quarterbacks in Bears history of my lifetime, mm-hmm. of my lifetime. Don't go back. There's probably a dude in the 
40s are like, what about, like, shut up, yeah, Mike no. North. Like, <laughs> I wasn't alive back then, okay? The three best Bears quarterbacks of my lifetime have been Jim McMahon, Jay Cutler, and Walter Payton on the halfback option. That's it. <laughs> That's the list. Hey, listen, Matt Forte, I'm pretty sure, threw it once or twice. I'm he was sure. dope, too. That's, that's the thing, though. It's like they, they have no problem finding an abundance of great running backs. Correct. And, but the quarterback, they're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> like, you, you can don't, just, don't really need the it. NFL. It's still like it, it seems like such a George Hallis thing where it's like, we just need to run the football. Like, play, yeah. like no, how about we throw it? Like, that's the way the NFL is played now. Like, that's like even just like a couple times. Like, it doesn't <laughs> have to be a lot. Like, it could be a Kirk Cousins versus Atlanta last year. Like, it's just a few times, right? But you could, but that's the thing, too, though. But you guys don't want to use your running backs either because, you know, no. David Montgomery's just like, hey, I'm real good. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, no. <laughs> that is silly. <laughs> That's the most dis- that's the one thing that I try to impress upon people is like I understand that if you drafted him in fantasy like that didn't work out and I'm happy to you know I'm not happy but like let's be realistic like that didn't work out but no. you couldn't watch the player and be like this guy sucks like he's good in that stupid game against the Chargers where they're running it down their throat especially at the end of the game and you're like oh punch it in for the touchdown I like Eddie P but like we don't I'm glad he he won that game in Denver, but like, let's just not count that this is going to be automatic. Correct. Keep running. This Chargers, like, if there's a team that likes to to mail it in, it's the Chargers. Like, they're they're happy to lose that game. That's what the Chargers <laughs> do. They're like, they're the jobber. They're the AEW WWE <laughs> jobber who knows that it's their job to go over their enhancement talent. You put yep. other teams over. Like that's <laughs> that's what they do. They're like, hey, like they're the face that comes out and smiles and they wave and. People cheer for them. They don't know why, but they're cheering for them. And then all of a sudden, they're Hurricane Helms. Like, just put somebody over. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the thing, too, though, because they don't have any home field advantage. So, like, it is their job. Like, if you're doing the Vince McMahon logic, you got to send the people home happy. The vast majority of the fans who are there are not of you. So, you got to send them home happy, you know? I will say, though. Last year, that didn't work out. (laughs) I was going to say, there was a game in Carson that I can remember where the, like, what happened there? And that's the one thing about the Chargers is that they have two, they have a two week stretch where you're like, oh, and you know, and I live out here in Southern California. And when the Chargers won those two games, still nobody cared. But <laughs> there was still there was like six people at Wahoo's Fish Tacos who were like, bro, like I think we're gonna turn the season around. Now. And I'm like, you're not. Have you not seen this movie? Like, what do you like? Were you the like Charger fans are the dude who go to like wedding crashers? They're like, oh my God, Owen Wilson's never going to get this girl. I'm like, do you not know how movies work? This is the second act. This is where everything looks forlorn. And for the Chargers, there's that stretch yeah. in the middle of the season where you're like, maybe the Empire is going to win this time. And you're like, no, no, no. They're, they're it's, not. it's, it's I, never going to, they're going to blow up the Death Star. That's what's going to happen. It just has <laughs> to happen that way. Like, and then they rewatch the same season over and over and over and over again. By the way, I'm glad that we already worked in a Star Wars reference as you're drinking out of a Darth Vader mug. This is Oh, you like that? Yeah, the oh, little symmetry right there. That's, that's perfection. So the second question I had with your predictions was Brandon Perna. Oh, jeez. Oh, yes, Brandon Perna. Um, you, you didn't pick the Broncos to do too well last year. Right. And you weren't necessarily wrong. <laughs> that, oh, May I talk about that for a second? Please. Like, this is, this is a fun thing, too. Is there was a kid who was blowing me up, and he's like, dude, we're going 12 and 4. You're an <laughs> idiot. 
And you're like, okay, well, like one of us is going to be way wrong. And when they went seven and nine, he was like, who is right? And I'm like, sometimes these are a draw. Like I, I can look like number one, I told you that Joe Flacco was going to be bad. You were not going to make the playoffs and that's it. You could also look at it from the fact that they finished in second. Drew Locke was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So we can take it like, eh. like I wasn't like they act. They, again, they're, they're not quite to the, the level of delusion of Titan fans, but they're, they're a Jace. They're their cousin of like, Hey man, you were super like you won seven games. Calm down. They're right there. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're sitting across, they're sitting at the same table at the wedding and they're just yeah. like, man, how unstoppable were we last season? Like we were good. Oh, and then they start getting into a fight because the Broncos beat the Titans. And then you're like, okay, those two will take That's care true. of themselves. That, that, that is, so what I'm asking though is so yes. Brandon Perna, right? You went on a show, right? Yep. Very successful, great show. Love Brandon Perna. And then all of a sudden this year, if I'm not yep. mistaken, it was 11 and five. Yeah, I got them at 11 and five. Winning the division too. Yes. So the question is, what is the payment plan look like to go from losers to not only having a winning record, but winning your division? And is that rate increased because it's the Green Bay Packers? Well, yes, because part of the agreement was the fact that Colorado has such great craft beers. Mm. So you got to, I don't know what Wisconsin's craft beer scene is like, but it's got to be, that's going to be a part of the deal. And we also, if it's going to be the Packers, we're going to have to, we're going to need Aaron Rodgers to break up with Danica. That would be the first thing that would that would help us out to where I could do. So if you could, that's the first step. I think that happened step. though. No way! I think that happened last week. Oh my gosh! Okay. Well, that then was, listen. Now we're okay. Now we're now, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're starting to check some of the boxes. Okay, that's, that's perfect. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure that that happened last week. I, I know E reported on it, and people were asking me to do a video on it, and I was like, no. Yes, that was that was one of the worst, and I don't know how that relationship worked. I don't know. But if I would have had a lot of, like, let's say, no, I'm happily married. I have two children. <laughs> but let's say I was a single man. Sure. And I was dating, oh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't even know who a famous Packers fan is. But, like, I would do, or if you were dating a WNBA, if I was dating a WNBA star who played for the Lynx, is mm-hmm. I would still show up in my L.A. Sparks jersey. And yeah. be like, what up, girl? Like, listen, I go way back with Lisa Leslie. I supported this team from day one. Like, I'm not changing changing my way. I, I don't know if she ever did that or how that ever worked. But there was always like, really, Aaron? Like, that's – like, you've ruined my life enough. <laughs> then you have to start dating a Bears – like, one of the biggest yeah. Bears fans in the world. Like, that just makes sense. And so – Okay, well, we're already working. We're already starting the I negotiations. Think, you know, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That's what I'm saying. I think so. so. We're, we're, we're crossing off the boxes. And to your point, you know, I, I am married as well. I don't have any children. But, you know, same idea. You know, if Aaron Rodgers became newly available, my wife understands. But right. that, in that sense, that has nothing to do with the point that you just raised. I just wanted to use you as a platform to get my name in the running for when Aaron Rodgers goes on The Bachelor, uh, like course. his brother. So I just, I just wanted to take that time. We don't do ad breaks in here, but we do oh. sponsorships to try to get me in front of Aaron Rodgers. How do you guys feel about the fact that Jordan Rodgers has more recently won a ring than his brother Aaron? 
Is that a is that something that you guys talk about? Like I don't know how that goes. Uh, you know, I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that relationship didn't work out. Uh, I <gasps> no. mean, my wife watches it, and I watch it when I'm sitting on the couch and you know want to die, and then I like I'll watch it with her. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that that relationship didn't work out. So no I way, mean, JoJo I, has, and Jordan. I, I'm pre- I'm pretty sure. Again, this could be I could be wrong. I could be very very wrong, but. Um, what you just said hurt deeply. Anyway, so talking about the, <laughs> the, the picks that you make, I am very curious because I feel like, you know, when I do picks on this show, I preface it when I'm like, hey, like I'm a dude in a basement. I do, I do all the research I can. I'm obviously a fan. You know, I try to take the homerism out of it. And you even mentioned that when you're talking about the bears, we'll get to your right. picks. But you know, the bears, like everyone's going to call me a homer, what have you. But I feel like people take it so incredibly personally when you're yes. just like, I don't think your team's going to perform because of X, Y, and Z. And they're just like, well, sir, you have offended my mother. That's basically it. Like it is, I, I've insulted a family member. I have stood up at a wedding and tried to call it off or something like that. It, it's a big, I, and, I, and I understand. You know, we grew up as sports fans. We were sending email, I don't know, at least I was, sending emails to sports reporters being like, you don't know what you're talking about. So now when it happens to me, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is, it's going full circle. Like Simba is now telling me that I don't know what I'm doing. That's fine. That's, I have no problem with that. I do spend a lot of time writing a series for NFL.com called The State of the Franchise, where I give a, a synopsis of every team, all 32 and so I feel like I'm kind of up to date with the teams. Sure. And then you go through and you, again, there's so many things that happen during the course of a season that do you make a prediction based on that? Do you go out and say like, I bet Mariota gets benched in week six and Ryan Tannehill turns into the second coming of Steve Young. Like that, that would have been a pretty impressive call. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you go through it and you're like, well, this is why I see this happening. Like I believe I have the Titans somewhere around the 500 mark. And the Titan fans, of course, are super pissed. And I'm like, you guys were 9-7 and seven last year. You've lost Jack Conklin. You traded Jarrell Casey. And you need to hope that you can give the ball to Derrick Henry 400 times. You need mm-hmm. to hope that Ryan Tannehill is as good as he looked at the end of the year. But you're now also one of those teams that people are gunning for. And yep. the Colts are going to be a lot better. And, you know, you you're playing – I really do. I think if you can protect Philip Rivers, I think a lot of what happened to Philip Rivers was the fact that he was frustrated. I mean, for somebody who played the good soldier for so long, yeah, commuting from Fallbrook, which is in San Diego, to L.A., not making a big deal when they moved the team, didn't ask to be traded or do anything, tried to make the best of it. But that offensive line was atrocious. Going back to once Nick Hardwick retired, the offensive line was never the same. They never really addressed it. And the most disheartening thing is the moves they made this season to improve the off. Like what? Like oh, yeah. Rivers is gone now. Yeah. N- now now they're just like, it's like uh, the Giants, like with Eli Manning, who hasn't had an offensive line. I mean, at least they tried to address it with like a Nate right. Solder. Obviously it didn't work out. But then they're just like, okay, now we're going to go and draft offensive linemen to take care of our, our new Danny Dimes here. Like oh, yeah. all of a sudden, I, like Eli has to be sitting at home being like, son of a bitch. What's happening? <laughs> Yeah, like it's the it's the NFL equivalent of a revenge body. Like why? Yes. Like and like Rivers like I didn't want to break up with you. You got you got rid of me and then you lost a bunch of weight. 
walking around, looking hot, <laughs> going to clubs. Like, this is not cool. So I honestly believe that if you put him in that situation in, in Indianapolis with that offensive line, which is probably the best in the NFL, if not the best, they're top three. Sure. You got a solid running game. Marlon Mack is it, surprising that they went after Jonathan Taylor because I thought Marlon Mack he was good. Is, is pretty good. Yeah, he's a good player. So, okay, you got Jonathan Taylor. You bring in Michael Pittman Jr., who if USC hasn't become, hadn't become the dumpster fire that you, you've seen over the last couple of years, he would have been one of the more talked-about receivers. I think he's, is, he's in that conversation with Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. He was just, Ooh. you know, USC wasn't as good. And so I do believe that the Colts can be better. I think that, you know, they've done a great job in the draft. They've smartly built their team through the offensive line. And so that is the way to go. But that's, but that, but that's what you're doing. So you're trying to project, yeah. you know, like, I think this could happen. Like, there's a hundred different things that could go wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I so, think, it, well, because, like, in that sense, though, how much hate would you guesstimate that you, like, do, if you had to say it was, like, a ratio between, like, positivity comments and just, like, dumpster fire, would you say that the result is mostly negative? I would say close to 98% negative. Okay. All right. Nobody, wow, that, uh, well, here's, well like, here's, here's the interesting thing as well, is that any time, what, whatever you pick, and I believe that the Steelers will bounce back this season. They had one of the top defenses last year, and if they had any sort of replacement-level performance from the quarterback position, oh, they yeah. would have been in the playoffs. By the way, Titans, you would have made the playoffs last year had the Steelers had an actual quarterback. And so you're like, oh, I think the Steelers could go 13-3. and three. I think that they're that good. And mm-hmm. now the Steeler fans are like, thanks for jinxing us. Yeah. You're never right. I'm like, okay, look, I know that I famously have – the 49ers thing will be infamous forever, but it's like I predicted last year that the Bengals would start 0-11 and that their first win would be against the Jets, which is – Kind of a, a tough predict, but like nobody cares. They're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you it, got that, it right. I mean, that, that's, that is impressive. That's what, you get, that's what you get paid to do. You're like, you're right. You're, you're like, I, you're, you're like, I can't win. You're like, I, I can't win at this point because, <laughs> yeah. like you said, it's just like, okay, I can pick these guys to do this, and then I'm going to get hate in for saying they're going to be good, and then the teams that you know you predict to not do so well, they're going to hate you as well. I think at this point, well, you know what? At least there's two percent. You know, that's yeah, that's something. It's the to Seattle fans. The, the Seahawks fans love me. <laughs> like literally like they're like i get along really uh, god now i'm sounding like the i get along well with the like, but <laughs> i get along great no the seahawks fans have much respect because last year i picked them to make the playoffs i have them making the playoffs again this year but a couple of years ago when they were in the super bowl against peyton manning i was the only one on nfl.com and on nfl network who was like you know the Seahawks are going to blow this team out. Like, it's going to be atrocious. It is mm-hmm. going to be such – it's going to be like that USC-Oklahoma game, <laughs> and it's not even going to be close, and it's going to be brutal. And, of course, the Bronco fans, you don't know what you're talking about. You just hate Peyton Manning, blah, blah, blah. And then first snap of the game. Fumble. <laughs> fumble, safety. See you guys later. I was actually standing next to a member of the Seahawks broadcast team. And right at right at that, because we were in that end zone or in the stands in that end zone, and it was loud, like it was noticeably loud. Like, oh yeah. my God, like Seahawks fans, shut up. This is a cool atmosphere. Then that ball goes 
right over Peyton's head. You're like, well, congratulations. This one's over. <laughs> and then even I remember them like going at halftime, like, Hey man, like Peyton Manning, I'm like, what have, what have you seen yeah. in the history of Peyton Manning that leads you to believe that he's going to rally a team in the cold? Like there's no chance. And of course, Percy Harvin takes the second half kickoff to the house and you're like, okay, this, We've put that to bed. This is not going to be a Peyton Manning rally. I feel like it was so funny, too, because, like, so I'm in New York. So, like, when that game was being played, I feel like the NFL was just like, okay, like, let's get this game done. Because, like, it was cold. Like, it was, yes. like, let's get this game done and let's never come back here again for a Super Bowl. Because I feel like, because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there, like, a huge storm that was, like, supposed to come, like, around during that time? There was, like, some we weather thing that was going to happen. We, uh, we barely missed it. Yeah. Because on, um, the next morning going back to Newark airport, it was shut down and we were the only, like we were in a plane and we're like, Hey, uh, when, when are you letting us off? They're like, no, we're going to charge it. Like what? We're going to charge it. <laughs> and like, no, like let's no, like they're de-icing the plane. It's a, it's a, it's a chartered Southwest flight. And we're like, no dude, like this is, like, this can't happen, but it was snowing. So we missed it by a matter of hours or else it would have been a snowy Super Bowl. And it was, yeah. it was cold and it was tough. Like it's a tough stadium to get to. No, it, it's, it is a very difficult stadium to get to. I mean, you know, old Meadowlands stadium wasn't easy either. So it was just, but that's again, it, they're, they're in Jersey. You know, we have a thing about that. You know, the only New York yeah. team are the Bills, but yeah, I of guess. Course. So, all right, now let's get into the nitty gritty. What people really wanted to hear. How many more tight ends are the Bears going to pick up? You know what? It's the offseason. And at some point, you got to go out and you got to accumulate this kind of talent. And you're going to you're going to hope that one of them, listen, <laughs> as bad as we've been at quarterback, we've been as equally bad at tight end. And, you know, finally, when we drafted one, Greg Olson, you're like, this guy's a stud. Mike Martz comes walking in like tight ends don't play in my offense. It's like, well, then, bitch. Get a new offense. <laughs> like, how do you not see that this guy is the best player that we have on offense? Like, if there's one player to build around, it's number 82. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they got to bring in a bunch of guys. Look, and it, I don't know. You just got to gotta figure it out. You know, you're at, you're at uh, I don't know if they have total wine in New York, but, you know, you go in there and you grab a bunch of independent beers. <laughs> like, God, okay, Ale Smith, cool. I'll grab this one. Like, eventually, one of them you're going to like. Yeah, just no, I, I get we that. We got a variety pack. Like, what do you want us? What do you want from us? Well, well. That being said, though, wait. When are you guys getting a tight end? Like, excuse maybe you me. First try of this. all, first of all, we have tight ends. We we have it. Ours just got injured. His name was Jay Sternberger, fan of the show. So we obviously he's tight end one forever. But we got Mercedes Lewis. We got Robert Tanyan. We went and got Deguera in the draft, which we'll definitely talk about this draft. But I'm saying we we got tight ends. And to your analogy. We have a half. We have half time in New York, whereas you could just go and bet a bunch of beers. Okay. I also wouldn't have seen my friend get a beer, pay a lot of money for that beer, and him spit it out and say this beer was terrible, and then go to that store and pay sixteen million dollars over the next two years for that same beer that my friend just spit out. Because you kind of did that with Jimmy Graham. Whatever. First of all. <laughs> Uh, we're just hoping that he's going to get a magical spot like Jimmy did in the divisional playoff round. That's what we're hoping for. Like, oh, is it is it the jersey that gets the that gets the you know that gets the the credit 
or is it just the, you know, is it Jimmy Graham? Is it the Jersey? Like who knows? Like that's, I mean, that is one of the most interesting things that like, I think that nobody is talking about for this. I'm sorry. This is, I'm going to take us off topic for a second. There's no topic that nobody talks about this season, which I think is going to be incredible is Cam Newton. Now Cam Newton, they let defenders take advantage of him when he was playing for Carolina. They had the shack rules and like guys could hit him late and do whatever. And you know, Somebody probably had brass knuckles in their tights or whatever, like <laughs> old school Arn Anderson or doing whatever. But now he's playing for a team where you're not allowed to touch the quarterback. Does yep. that rule? Does that rule carry over? Like what, what wins? Is it like the you can do whatever you want to Cam or is it the you're not allowed to touch a Patriots quarterback? Like which one of those rules is going to win out? You know, it, it, you know it's fascinating to me. So I have uh, a really good friend of mine is a Patriots fan and – like, like what started happening last season, like a lot of it, and it's happened every now and then, but like there was more and more people going, the NFL is rigged, like straight up. They're like, the NFL is completely and totally rigged. They're just redoing Super Bowl one. It's going to be Chiefs versus the Packers, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 which obviously, yeah, that worked out really sure. well. But the, the other thing was Roger Goodell has all these problems with the New England Patriots, Right. Do you think that they would have won that many Super Bowls? And Roger Goodell's <laughs> got to be like, all right, guys, for the sixth time, we're up here. Here, here you go. <laughs> like, no, like just use the, the slightest bit of logic. But you make a very good point because, yeah, no, you, you didn't touch that. But I wonder if that's a Tom Brady thing. That's a like, thing. I, that's, what I'm, I'm, that's what I'm curious yeah. about. I wonder if that carries over to Tampa and they're just like, oh, oh no, yeah. no, no, nay, nay, nay. Like, yes, you can no longer touch the Tampa Bay quarterback. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they're allowed, if the teams in the AFC East are allowed to take liberties with Cam Newton like they did before. What they'll do is they'll just, like, because Cam's going to wear the one, obviously. He'll obviously. just, like, draw in a two, like, so it's That's just what... like Tom Brady's jersey, so the rest will, like, not know. And they'll be like, boom, like, we, you can't touch him. You can't. I think Cam's going to do very well with New England. I, I do. do, too. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I also – because he wore two at Auburn, is that it would have been cool if he did wear 12. That'd be awesome. And he just said, just, no, no, no. Like, I wore one at Carolina. I wore two <laughs> at Auburn. So it just makes sense that I wear 12. Why? What, 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 what's the big deal? Like, why, why would I not be allowed to wear this? I don't, I don't get it. Oh, because Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, but he's right, in a whole right. different conference. It's fine. There's, there's yeah, no big it's deal. good. No big deal. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would have been incredible just to see the, the reaction to it. <laughs> so, so that being said, with the Bears, last season. Yes. Um, didn't, didn't go as planned. Yeah, you know, it was the Friends theme song. You know, no one told me that life was going to be this way. Clap, clap, clap. And and going into this, and I, I, I am still on Team Trubisky. And what I mean by that is, no, what I mean, whoa, 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 whoa Wait, let me you, I know it's speaker view, so let me get, let me get a shot of my face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let I me keep explain. looking at you and not looking at the camera. I'm up yeah, it's fine. So we'll just like, the entire audio will just be like, what's going on over there? Um, here's the thing. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a good quarterback. However, however... I also don't think that all of the trials and tribulations and problems that the Bears had last year should all be loaded on him because there were a ton of other issues. And my main comment was, is a, there's Bear fans that I know who are like, when Nick Foles get in, gets in there, it's going to be all better, right? Or the idea where it's going to improve. 
And I'm like, you guys still, like, you have to run the ball. The play calling has to get better. The offensive line has to get better, which you didn't address until much later in the draft. The defense is still going to be top five because that defense is really good. But yeah. all that being said, like, it's not just a, you know, just like swap and have a nice day. I feel like there are more problems to that team than just Mitch Trubisky. And watching your predictions like of what was going to happen you said Trubisky starts the season and then gets pulled after the Atlanta game yes my question is why do you think Trubisky is even going to start the season well especially now with no preseason games and the continuity even though Nick Foles has familiarity with Matt Nagy obviously and he knows how to run that offense they still want Mitch to succeed and I believe that it unless Nick Foles were to just absolutely blow away the competition in training camp. They still want to see if Mitch can be a quarterback in the NFL. Now, obviously, he's going to be a quarterback in the NFL for a long time because at the very least, he will be a backup somewhere. Sure. Or he'll go someplace and win a Super Bowl and we'll be like, well, that's perfect. <laughs> this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> this is great. But, you know, but yeah, so I, I, I do believe that they want to give him another opportunity to go out there. And there are some things he's got to work through. I, I believe a lot of his problems were just not playing enough football. And that mm-hmm. was my biggest argument against drafting him when they did. And one of the reasons why was because he didn't play a lot in high school. He played just one year in Carolina. And he is the kind of player that a team, I'm not saying the Packers, but a team like the Packers who have a quarterback and you're trying to build the bridge yeah. would have been able to, like, you sit on the bench, you're going to learn how to play. Four years from now, you're going to come out and you're going to be a stud. For a team like the Bears, I felt they needed a quarterback who was ready to start, which is why I always lean towards Deshaun Watson. Now, Patrick Mahomes surprised a lot of people, and it's sure. easy in hindsight to be like, look, you could have, like, I, the whole thing about you could have had Mahomes, like, look, he went to the perfect situation. Yes, I'm saying a lot of people don't point that out. Like he even said, because I was watching like the Alex Smith documentary, which was horrifying. But like Alex Smith is literally one of the most perfect QBs to sit and learn behind. And I think he played in like one game, Mahomes' rookie year. And that was 17, yeah. Yeah. And then, and that was it. And like then he came out. I don't think that he is the same QB, but not, that's nothing against his talent or anything. But I don't think he has the same early success unless he sits that year behind an Alex Smith, because if you just throw him into the fire, you know, that like what happens to a lot of QBs nowadays, there's no guarantee that these guys are going to be any good. No, 100%. And that, that's, and to me coming into the draft, we had seen Deshaun Watson play in a number of high profile games. He beat yeah. Alabama. This guy was ready to start to me. I didn't understand why he wasn't the quarterback that they were targeting because he can play. We knew he could play. And when he started to play for the Texans, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. And in his rookie year before that unfortunate injury in practice, he was the talk of the NFL. He went to Seattle when they were still oh, – they're still a good team, obviously. Yeah. He went to Seattle and won. This guy was – you just couldn't unnerve him. And he's a great quarterback. That's, to me, that's the one – that's the quarterback that they missed on. And now I kind of feel bad for Deshaun because his Madden rating is stupid. <laughs> and he was the guy. He was the first guy. He was the first guy in. And then he was passed up. Like, obviously, Mahomes – MVP wins a yeah. Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson wins an MVP award. It's like it's like Deshaun Watson is Soundgarden yes. and the other two are Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Like you were the first. <laughs> yeah. And you're awesome. We love Chris Cornell, but then the other two kind of passed you up and you're like, well, this sucks. 
what about me? Why am I? And I feel like also too, the situation that he's in now, like it, it doesn't help anybody. Like that, like that game against the Bills, right? Like that's Deshaun Watson. Like he's the one who goes out and it's like, listen, like DeAndre Hopkins, great player, you know, JJ Watt, great. But I'm saying like Deshaun Watson, you know, getting freaking sandwiched between two Bills defenders coming right at him. And it's just like, never mind, guys, I got this. Like, I'm literally going to go win us the game now. Right. Like, you don't, you don't see that a whole lot unless you're like an elite talent. And yeah, I 100% agree. He gets overshadowed because of all those reasons, because you do have these up and coming guys who get all the press and all the attention. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, it's Deshaun Watson, who's, you know, stuck with Bill O'Brien down in, oh. <laughs> down in Houston. And that is the one, and that so whenever people put out the memes and there's like, hey, here's Mahomes in a in a Bears jersey, I'm like that one because that's not realistic. Sure. And I remember our own Matt Money Smith to throw him under the bus. He was on a podcast where he like he pushed back from the table. He's like, nope, this guy's not good. <laughs> and he did one of those moves, and you're like, that's one that you watch back, and you're like, well, that was unfortunate. But it's like he. He's, in, he's a good quarterback. He would have been a good NFL quarterback. But to me, the realistic choice at that moment was Deshaun Watson. And whenever I see him for, play for the Texans, and listen, like if I'm like Bill O'Brien's crazy. If I'm Ryan Pace, like I hope you've called him at least You're once. You're calling him at least. And been yeah, like, least. listen, we'll we'll give you Tony Miller and we'll give you Mitch. You send us Deshaun. I think we got a deal. Shake on it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I, I don't see why that doesn't go through considering no. everything else that has happened. Yeah. Why, why not? This, I mean, he's what? Head coach. He's the GM. You he's know, everything. He's going to run for president at some point, And I'm talking about of the United States. You know, right. it's, it's going to happen. So at this point, you know, give him a call. And what's the worst that can happen? You can say no. Or maybe you have to throw in like a third round pick. Maybe. What do you, what do you have to lose? Absolutely not. What do you have to lose? So. That being said, you think that Foles coming in is going to be an improvement over Trubisky. I think one, like you were talking about, is experience, obviously, right? Nick Foles has a ton of experience. The thing that worries me about Nick Foles is two things. One, he's never played a full season in his entire professional career in the NFL, which is, if I'm a Bears fan, with that offensive line, a little scary. And two, on top of that, is you just threw a bunch of because it's like what 21 million in guaranteed that they took right. over from Jacksonville? Like, that's a lot of money to sink in. So, even if he does better than Trubisky, you know, you still have Mitch Trubisky and you know, Ryan Pace picking him. Like, I feel like as a Bears fan, how do you walk in and you're like, okay, cool, I'm really confident now about the management of this team and like the future of the team? Well, there's a number of, of different ways to look at that because, again, for the whole like the formula, you laid out the formula, like. Nick Foles doesn't play a full season. Bringing him in at some point in week six or seven, that's the formula. With this deep, that's what you want. Like, yeah, don't play the first couple of weeks. We'll bring in, you know, we'll bring you in when we're, we're ready to unleash you. You know, yeah. you're, a, you're a reliever that can't go seven innings or whatever it is. And obviously the, the Mitch Trubisky pick has not worked out, and it's going to be scrutinized forever because of the way that the two quarterbacks picked after him have played and he'll always have to wear that. But one of the things that goes unnoticed is that Ryan Pace has done a really nice job of building a pretty good roster. And you look at the defense, especially how good they are. And you talk about things that went sideways last year, finishing eight and eight, obviously a lot of people in Chicago or Chicago fans would hope for an extended playoff run. But mm-hmm. a lot of it to me came down to the injury to Akeem Hicks, yes. which happened in London. And 
That happened during the game against the Raiders. And the Raiders were able to rally because Hakeem was out. And if the Bears would have hung on to win that game, they go into their bye week 5-1, and one, which to me I think turns the season a little bit. And if you look at that game, and, if you, and I know it's easy to do, and sure. you look at the, the Charger game, that perhaps you just don't rely on Eddie P to go out there and you just drive down the field, find a way to score. Those two games, if you switch the records there, they're 10-6. and six. They're now in the playoffs because they swept the Vikings. And I know Viking fans like to point out, like, well, we had, we had clinched the playoff. And, you know, I'm like, listen, we beat the best <laughs> Vikings quarterback in Week 17. So you just stop it right there. Yeah, Kirk Cousins' history shows us he would have shown up to beat the Bears. Like, stop it. Yeah, just, just stop just, it right just now. Just go He's home. You're drunk. Four. Goodness gracious. So when you look at a lot of these moves, and I think bringing in Bobby Quinn was great. And, you yeah. know, Floyd was a Floyd was a good NFL. Like, he's a good football player, but he wasn't the pass rusher that they needed him to be. Hopefully, he can find himself out here in Los Angeles. Yeah. But he's done a really nice job in picking up guys like Eddie Jackson. Like, I, I like to pretend that they took Eddie Jackson in the first round and Mitch Trubisky was their fourth-round quarterback. Then you're like, oh, this seems oh, – not a bad draft. It like, works then. We, yeah. No, we I'm- risked a fourth-round pick on Trubisky. <laughs> but I, I think overall, bringing in Allen Robinson, who I hope gets extended at some point because it's ridiculous that he's not. But, you know, if you start and some of these picks, you know, we're seeing it. And they've done a nice job. I, I feel like sure. 21, 21 players, 21 on 21, they're as good as anybody. But it always comes down to that quarterback. And that is going to be the thing that, you know, you're always going to have to wear that because that is going to, that is your blockbuster that you missed on. Like if, if Ryan Reynolds, you know, it would, for, until he did Deadpool, you're like, well, I mean, a lot of your other stuff is cool, but you sucked as Green Lantern. Like that is going to be around your neck forever until you find your Deadpool. So I hope that, you know, either Nick Foles is Deadpool or Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback next year, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> but that quarterback is going to hang over. Because like that's another thing too. Like, you know, the, the Jaguars paid, I think it was like $88 million or something when yeah. they brought Foles in. And, you know, they went with Minshew <laughs> over that. And, like, listen, Minshew had a good year. You know, it was, yeah. it was a solid year. You know, the Minshew mania was great. You know, all the outfits were great. But I think, like, that also is, a, I want to say, like, a telling sign of, like, the Jaguars. I don't know if they believe in Minshew. I think they might just tank for Trevor, but that's a whole other story. Like the idea is they're going to let Foles leave who did a number on their cap. Like he's leaving a bunch of dead money in uh, behind him. But like, is that at all worrisome or is it because you basically didn't really have to trade a whole lot? You're kind of like, you know what? It's better potentially than what we have. Yeah. Looking back and seeing that, you know, Cam Newton was signed for free by the new England Patriots, Andy Dalton, going to the Cowboys for free. And so, yeah, it is a little disappointing to give up a fourth-round pick, especially because Ryan Pace has had some success in that round. And so, yeah, it would have been in hindsight. Like, we didn't need to pay to get in here. Like, it's you're at a club, yeah. and you're like, How, what was the cover? You're like, damn, we paid 20 bucks, and your friend's like, <laughs> I just walked in for free. Like, son of a bitch. Like, okay. So, yeah, from that perspective. And it also, it's, a, it's another thing, too, like another spoke of that wheel is that the Bears were one of two teams who talked to Gardner Minshew 
at the combine last year. <laughs> and had they just picked him in the sixth round or wherever the Jags took him, like, ah, whatever, let's just take this Gardner Minshew kid. Why not? Who knows? Like, because Mitch was hurt for a couple of games. You're like, Gardner seems like a, the mustache alone makes him a Bears quarterback. 100%. So you're like, oh, my God. Like, that's, that's the kind of guy I would have loved to have had on our team. So, it's – yeah, that's tough. I mean, they always say that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And I think with the Bears, like, you actually have three quarterbacks because you got Foles and then you got two different versions of Mitch Trubisky. Very true. And I would look back, and it all comes down to one son of a – Harrison Smith, who two years ago during the Bears' playoff run in a game where, of course, the Bears beat the Vikings, Harrison Smith late hit Mitch, who was running – and he became a little bit more apprehensive out of the pocket. And then last year, he got hurt against the Vikings again. And a lot of what you saw is that Mitch didn't run for the longest time. He had the torn labrum. Sure. And it's like, dude, like this year, I think he knows that he, he has to just – he has to put it all out there. Like if he wants to be the quarterback of the Bears and yeah. play on, he's got to put it all out there. He can't be afraid to get hurt. And when you see him run and use his athleticism, like he's a pretty good, he's a he's, he's a decent quarterback. Yeah, no, he's and, he, he's slippery. Like if he he when he adds that running aspect to his game, yeah, I mean like that's one of his strengths. And like you see it, and like there was two games I think last year, last season where he played like it was the Dallas game. Yeah, like he played like really, really. He well. yellowed it. Yeah, he really did. Like that was one. That was the first time since his injury against the Vikings where he's just like, screw it, I got to do this. Yeah. So I, I wonder if you're, you know, to speak to your point about him starting, like that's the Mitch Trubisky you're going to see for however many games that they're going to allow him to sit under center. Because I feel like at some point Foles has to start. And because if you're going to give him that much money and you gave up the pick for him, like I feel like it's just going to happen. They didn't really do that for him to be a backup. It's like the Packers drafting Jordan Love. Like, you know, they didn't spend a first round pick and trade up for him for him to be a backup. Sure they did. That's always, you know what? That's the one thing. If we can dive into this for a moment, please. Is and I love the pick. I don't know. Listen, I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of podcasts today. So if I've mentioned this before, like tell me, <laughs> be like, stop. You told this story like twenty minutes ago. But I had an Instagram post of when we were doing the prospect profiles, and I specifically said that Jordan Love would benefit going to a team like the Packers, which Packers fans told me I was an idiot. Hundred oh, percent agree. And I go, and, and, and at the time when these were starting to, to come out, this is before Jordan had gotten into the first round, but still the, the, the point still stood. Like he's a good, talented player. Mm-hmm. He can't play his first season. Like it, it's impossible. But for the Packers to be in a position to where they're in the NFC championship game, it just seems to me, and this is no knock on Jordan Love, and he might go out and haunt the Bears for another 30 years. Like I've, had to live with my whole life. <laughs> How close do you think you are to a Super Bowl? Because you are not behaving like a team that is building to win this year. And that is one of the things that you both have to admire and hate about the Packers is that mm-hmm. they continually draft to be good forever. And every season, you're going to be in the mix. There's going to be a year here or there where it doesn't work out, injuries, anything like that can happen. But since Brett Favre took over as the quarterback of this team, this team has been consistent and they've been good. But at some point, when you have these great players, don't you want to go for it? 
Like, don't you want to go all in? And I know, and listen, I know it's easy for us as fans to come out and say, like, why didn't you trade up for CD Lamb? Like, it's not that simple. It's not like, okay, Packers, just take them. Like, there's a lot of things that go into it, and I understand, and I know that's a simplistic view of looking at it. But at the same time, you drafted your quarterback of the future and your running back of the future in your first two rounds, and for a team that was on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl, and maybe they saw that game against the 49ers and they're like, maybe we're not that close. But still, it, it's the one, like, why not go for it? Like, don't you owe it to Aaron at this point to be like, we're going we're gonna to do everything we can to get you there? Yeah. Um, everything that you have said, literally, from that pick has been in the comments for like two months. Because, yeah. like, and, and I've had this conversation. And I, and I don't think you're wrong. Because I, I think, you know, you go back to the Ted Thompson era, right? Yes. In which, talking about going for it, Ted Thompson very, very, very rarely brought in any free agents, right? Barely dipped his toe in the water, really, really hit some home runs, you know, when he did, but very, very rarely. And that drove Packers fans insane. They're like, look at this great player. Let's throw a ton of money at him, blah, 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 blah. And when Brian Gutekunst comes in, right off the bat, brings in four very expensive free agents, right? They bring in the Smith brothers. They bring in Amos. Thank you for him, by the way. I love him. Uh, And they bring in Billy Turner, who out of the four, he seems to be like the weaker link. So they, they dive right in and everyone's like, oh man, that's so great. Even though there are still people echoing going, oh man, we paid a lot of money for <laughs> Zadarius Smith and for Preston Smith, which by the way, now looks like an amazing investment considering how those two tore up the league last year. Oh my God. Yeah. Especially Zadarius. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. I think Lenin pressures. Yeah. It, it was just amazing. I love, and, and the leadership that he brings to the locker room, absolutely love him. And so heading into this draft, the, the analysis that you did for Jordan Love, I said that he needs, he needs to go to a team where he can just sit there, literally just sit there because he had a really good 2018, then 2019 with very few weapons and you know he forced a lot of balls, needs some better decision-making, but he really has all the fundamentals that you want in a QB. And I wasn't against picking Jordan Love. What I was against was picking him where we picked him. And I think that, you know, going into this or coming out of this draft, that's kind of how I felt about it. I didn't hate any of the picks, but where we did get them, there was that lingering of like, oh, okay, no wide receiver, huh? Like we weren't, we weren't going to do that. And I think, you know, Devin Funches is not, I'm sorry, I can't get hyped about Devin Funches. I can't, I've tried, I've looked in the mirror a lot and like try to force a grin or like, woo, it doesn't happen. Nothing comes out. And I think that Gutekunst looked at this and said, okay, obviously Jordan Love for the future. A.J. Dillon might be for the right now. I don't That's know if Jamal, true. I don't know if Jamal Williams stays on this team. And I think that Aaron Jones playing his ass off last year, being one of the best running backs in the league, putting up ridiculous numbers, I think he prices himself out of Green Bay. And, and, sure. I, and, and this is his contract year. Like, he's done after this because he was a fifth round, I think, fifth or sixth round pick. And so there's no fifth year option. And I think, you know, you bring in Dylan, you don't want to draft for need, right? Like it's that idea of, yeah, sure. Let's get two running backs. And if Jones has, I want to say an off year, but he doesn't have an incredible year. Maybe he can sign on a hometown discount. Maybe, you know, he's going to be cheaper than Derrick Henry. Maybe we can keep him. Or 
Then you have A.J. Dillon, who gets to play this entire season. He's a bruising back, you know, kind of 49ers-esque kind of play. And Matt LaFleur, you know, loved Derrick Henry when he had him. So yeah. maybe they utilize that kind of offense. And I think that makes sense with the DeGuerra pick, too, because, like, he is a very, you know, run protection, can go out and catch the ball, too, run protection kind of guy. I think that this draft just went against every single fan expectation, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. No, that's true. And I, and I remember, too, after that first night, everybody was like, well, this has been a deep – deep draft for receivers and a couple of the guys fell into the second round uh t higgins i believe who went to cincinnati he was he was the first pick of the second round yep mims fell to the second round where the jets got him chenault also second rounder or third round wherever he fell but yeah so you're like okay well we got our quarterback of the future and then we've also got a receiver they didn't end up getting the receiver but again this this could go back to like the lazard king could come out yeah. and, and play well. And does it really matter? Like, the, like, at the end of the day, too. Like, it's – I think as a Bears fan, I'm grasping and I'm trying to, like, <laughs> poke, like I'm trying to make funny because I want, I want you guys to be as miserable as us. Of course. And you're like, there's still – like, does it matter? Like, well, what, what happens if Devontae Adams could go out there and catch 160 passes? He could do what Mike Thomas did last year. Yeah. Like, what does it matter? Like, does it – does the second receiver really matter? But I think it's – I think from a fan – perspective it's always going to be a little bit more simplistic maybe we're biased by fantasy football or something like that we're like where's your second guy like yeah it might not even matter and i and aj Dillon probably and, and listen we're a little bit of a fantasy dip <laughs> people are overdrafting aaron jones because of the 19 touchdowns last yep. year and i've been drafting aj Dillon all over the place because i'm like this this is going to be the guy td vulture baby <laughs> who at some point is going to be you're like god because like you said with the derrick henry thing like that's what Matt LaFleur wants mm-hmm. is he wants a Derrick Henry type running back. And I think the last year, and that was one of the things that I noticed about Aaron Rodgers, and as somebody who drafted Aaron Jones all over the place last year, thank you, <laughs> I really enjoyed that there were times, and Rodgers' numbers suffered for this, Yes, that he would, he would defer to Aaron Jones a lot, where you're like, oh, well, that was nice of you. I, I, go, yeah. I don't know if somebody ever gave word to Rodgers that I had Aaron Jones on my team. I know he would go the other way. <laughs> That's spiteful. So, but yeah, so I, I was, I was appreciative of it, but you know, but like you said, the, the, the free agent moves that they've made have been pretty good, you know, done a nice job. And Derek, God damn that guy. So good. And so I don't know, I'm just trying to poke holes and I'm trying to be optimistic and I'm trying no, to be I mean, hopeful it, as it a Bears ma- fan. It, it makes sense though, too. Cause like, I, I gotta tell you, People, Packers fans, flipped on Brian Gutekunst real, real quick. Like, we went from, we love this guy, when they bring in Zadarius and, and Preston and Amos, to people, like, legitimately hate him now. Like, and it, yeah. and it went like that because of this draft. Like, it went overnight. And the way that I'm looking at it is, is this way. One, you talk about Ryan Pace's legacy with Mitch Trubisky, right? It doesn't matter yeah. how well he drafts otherwise, but, like, that's kind of always going to be, like, the thing. He's now tied to Jordan Love. If sure. Jordan Love doesn't work out, that, that's going to that's gonna be something that's going to you know, follow him around. But I'm looking at it in the sense of, did the Green Bay Packers get worse from last year to this year? We lost Brian Bulaga. That's yep. a, that, that one hurts. That we hurts. replaced him Ricky Wagner. You know, I think is a downgrade. And we lost Blake Martinez, who I was okay with, and we bring in Christian Kirksey. Yeah, that's fine. So like, if Kirksey... If Kirksey 
can live up to the expectations he had when he was in Cleveland or anything like yeah. that, then he should be fine. If he stays healthy, we're good. That's a big part of it too, yes. You know, and I think that Brian Gutekunst kind of is just thrown a Hail Mary and just being like, I really hope that our younger guys that we have drafted step up this year because if they don't, yeah, it's going to be – it might be a little rough. Like, but you need those like EQ, MVS, you know, Lazard, one of those guys to step up. And then also on the defensive line, because we have nobody besides Kenny Clark. So, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it's a matter of just putting a lot of faith in who they already drafted. But yeah, I mean, so to get to the ultimate point and why Packers fans were flooding me on Twitter, you pick the Packers to go eight and eight. Yeah. <laughs> I love the confidence. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I, All I, those I, reasons that you you set out there. Yeah. So you have um the Vikings, the Saints, the Buccaneers, the Texans, the 49ers. I'll definitely agree on the 49ers. Colts, Eagles, and Bears. Okay. So in your video, you did point to the draft, right? And say like, you know, you, you didn't get too many guys that are going to help you right this second that's going to help you win this season. Yes. Right? So is there any give to any of these games where you could see a potential turnaround? Because you do have the Bears going 10 and 6. Yeah. Which, which may be... It's fair. <laughs> a two-game improvement from last year. Mm. Okay. So you think that the Packers are going to lose to the Colts? Yes. Why? That's a Colts home game, right? I believe it is. Yes. Yes. Again, I go back to what we talked about with Philip Rivers is that he is a good quarterback still who is in a terrible situation. He's going to a, he's going to a play, you know, and you got to remember too, like these, these picks were made with, there's going to be training camps. There's going to be preseason games. They're going to get opportunities. But at the same time, Philip Rivers still has the familiarity with Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator in San Diego. So it shouldn't be – the terminology shouldn't be too different. He should be able to step in there and play. And I thought they were a talented team last year, and really it just came down to Jacoby Brissett, who suffered a knee injury. Like, sure. Jacoby Brissett was a, a borderline dark horse MVP in the early part of the he season really because the Colts, the, the Colts were playing so well. And that, to me, is the Colts team that I would expect if they were getting quality quarterback play, which I believe that Phillip Rivers is going to give them. And so, and, and listen, when you're looking at this, and this, and this goes back, and I will use the Bears of last season as, a, as an example, is that you have a team that went 13-3 and three or 12-4 and four for the Bears two years ago, is, hey, every, like, on paper, like, they lost Adrian Amos and replaced him with HaHa Clinton Dix. You have 21 starters returning. Like, sure. things tend to unravel. And they tend to go the other way. And you were just talking about this schedule. Yeah. And there's like obviously, like they could beat, they could sweep the Vikings. They might not lose that game to the Saints. You know, we don't know what the we don't know how the situation with Drew Brees and his teammates, how that really is going to play out. They just let him get sacked like 52 times this year. They're like, oh, I missed that. Like, I don't oh my God, I can't believe I missed that block. Oh, like, that's man. so terrible. Like Malcolm <laughs> Jenkins is like, forget this team. I just I don't care anymore. I'm gonna go on CNN. Like there's things like I felt that we've seen this in the NFL a lot, where these teams to go from top to perhaps, yeah. perhaps overachieved a little bit. 
And I'm not saying that the Packers weren't good because I thought, again, that they should have been a 12-win team. I thought they were going to make the playoffs last year. A lot of things still went in their favor. Yes. And you're coming off disheartening losses to the 49ers where you're not close. Like, you're not even in those games. It's not like, you know what? Like, the – I don't know what is worse, whether you're the Saints who lose in the Minnesota Miracle and you're like, you know what, we're fired up, we're ready to go. Yeah. Or you're the 49ers and you're like, are we even – how good are we? Like, what's, what's happening? And so I thought that those games kind of illustrated that while the Packers were good, you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, it's very easy. It's a, it's a very fine line to go from like, well, we should win again. Like, yeah, they, you can make the argument for a lot of these teams. Sure, but sure. I just felt that I – if there's one team that I think could be challenged this year that perhaps because they didn't quite address some of their needs like I thought they should have, that they might take a step back. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be 3-13, and 13, and I'm sure your fans would have liked that more because my history <laughs> of picking teams that go 3-13, and 13, maybe that's sure. what you want. Sure. But I just felt like this season they seem more, pardon the pun, middle of the pack. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. CSI Miami. Because um, you picked the Lions to go 3-13, and 13, which means they're obviously winning the division. Damn I mean, it. That's just <laughs> Listen, I was spot on again. I don't want to go back to that Bengals pick where I was nearly perfect. I also had the, the Reds. Like, these predictions are tough. So, I'm like, dude, you're still – like, you have Matt like, – what is – like, at least with the 49ers, there's, like, some, like, we improved on defense and Nick Bosa was amazing. Okay. Like, who is that player for you? Because if Okuda comes – let's say Okuda is, like, the best cornerback in the draft. He's just replacing Slay. Like, yeah. he's not – you're not adding to your team. Like, you, you need Okuda to be as good as Slay immediately to maintain your level of mediocrity. <laughs> So don't come after me. I'm thinking they're just hopefully, you know, for their sake, that they're going to get a running back at this point. And be like, this, this is the one. This, this is one the will, guy. This one will stay. Because, <laughs> you know. DeAndre I, Swift is the guy. He definitely is. I mean, on Johnson wasn't bad, but then he got hurt. But I feel like they just have gone through so many running backs. And it's just like, Matthew Stafford's one of those guys. I think Matthew Stafford's a very underrated QB as well. 100%. 100%. Because uh, that guy, the abuse that that man takes – with no team around him. And he's like, I can still play real well, guys. Like, sometimes he's the only one on the team doing it. You talk about somebody who was playing at MVP levels last year. Yeah, before his injury. I think, I think the Lions could, could do better. Here's the thing that we definitely agree upon with the predictions. You said this with the Bears, and I, and I might give it to the Packers as well. The best time to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year is going to be in those first like five weeks. Because, right. you know, especially with no training camp and things like that, you know, you, you get in get in a groove later in the season, sure. They had the number one run defense last year. You know, that I think the yeah, Buccaneers could be very good. But I think if there's any time to try and, and take one from Brady, it, it's going to be in the beginning, which is why I can see the Bears doing it. But I think the Packers could potentially, because I think it's like week five or week six or something like that. Yeah, they're starting to get into that window too. And if I, I'm trying to remember, I should have had this handy with me. How the... The Packers' schedule just, like, lays out kind of tough, too. Because, yes. again, that's, that's another one of those things, too, is that you were coming off a season where you were not in the playoffs and the schedule was a little bit easier, and now you've got to play all of these good teams. And now that when the Buccaneers get thrown into the mix, too, is like that would have been a, a game you would have expected them to win if James sure. Winston was still the quarterback of that club. 
now it's different. So it's like it, yeah. the schedule changes every year and you know, these things happen. No, I hear you, but put it this way. And this will, this will be the final thing that we'll, we'll finish up with as a bears fan, right? You went out a few years ago, you got Khalil Mack, right? Yes. And you know, it's interesting how it's seen because like that first season, Bears fans are like, oh my God, we won that trade a million percent, what have you. After last season, because Akeem Hicks got injured, you know, Cleo Mack didn't do as well. They're able to double him more, what have you. Um, and Raiders fans are like, oh my God, we won that trade. And I, when I talk to Bears fans, they don't talk about wasting the potential of their QB. They talk about wasting the potential of their defense. That yeah. there's only a there's a finite window where we're gonna have this elite defense. Are we wasting it with like subpar QB play? And I find yeah. it so fascinating because it's literally the exact opposite for the Green Bay Packers and Packers fans going, did we waste Aaron Rodgers with subpar defensive play? So I'm curious of kind of like your stance on either the Bears, the Packers, or both, like with those arguments. Well, let's be realistic here. You can't sit here and trade the entire Bears defense to Green Bay. That, would never, that wouldn't work out salary cap-wise. It's sure. too weird. But trading just one player, now that's a little bit easier. So if the Packers really cared about Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> they would send him to the Bears and just say, I, you know, you know what? what? I, I, Go I out felt, there. I, it felt bad coming out of my mouth. I was like, I feel like this could turn really, really fast. And it did. And it happened immediately. <laughs> and you know what? That's my fault. That's on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those obvious comics that's just going to take the obvious joke. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's okay. You're right. Send us Aaron Rodgers and we will take care of him for you. I'm sure we will, we will forgive his transgressions. The funny thing will, like, it would be, like, it would be, like, if it did grow contentious, like it did with Brett Favre. The one team that Aaron Rodgers knows he would have to go to would be Chicago. And I'm sure Allen Robinson would be magnanimous and give him the number 12. <laughs> just let him go and do that. You know, Allen Robinson would be like, take whatever you take, want. Take you want 12, my like whatever. Like you can have my house. Like do whatever you need to do. But it is one of those things. It, it, you know, in, my dad would, would talk about this a lot too, is, you know, the, the, the 80s Bears – going to the 84 NFC championship game and losing to the 49ers because they had Joe Montana and the bears were starting Steve Fuller. So at least when we got blown out in the NFC championship game, we didn't have our quarterback, but like you guys didn't have your court. Wait, no, that's true. I mean, Rogers was playing. But anyway, oh man. I, you know what? I'm getting some audio interference. It's there just it is. like, it's just, but it's just like oh, two doinks that just popping. keep on yes. that raging through. If we're going low-hanging fruit here, <laughs> I made it through like an hour without saying a word about the double doink. That's fine. My water's gone now. I don't like Doug Peterson to the. Why did like Matt Nagy's your friend? Why would you double? Why would you do? Why would you freeze this kicker? I hate that stupid rule. God, uh, uh, you know what? Uh, and the, you know what? And that when you talk about like trajectory of quarterback and yeah and this could go either way sure is that Mitch Trubisky they win that game they go I, to me and I will I will die on this hill they would have gone to the Super I don't think they I'm not sure that they would have beaten the Patriots they would have gone to the Super Bowl I think they, they would have they would have destroyed the Rams the following week oh, and yeah. you go back Matt Nagy 
did like he he relied on Cody Parkey to make a 50-yard kick in Miami. Like what the hell are you doing? Like why do you think your kickers are so automatic? You're playing too much Madden or yeah. whatever it is. But that is a fear, and it's something that my dad lived through of having to waste a great defense. I remember it as a little kid with the Erlacher defense and Lance Briggs and all those guys, and we went to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. And I know a lot of people will be like, you could have drafted Eric Rod- Aaron Rodgers instead of Cedric Benson. Like, yeah, no kidding. We all know this. <laughs> Thank you so much. You could have you. You started Kyle Orton in that Super Bowl. Like, That's Tony Dungy wanted – Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning wanted to lose that Super Bowl so bad. <laughs> Tony Dungy with the, like, I'm going to kick it to Devin Hester. Like, you're an idiot. Peyton Manning wanting to fum, like, do whatever. Like, Dominic Rhodes. I will say this about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning never won a Super Bowl. He was on two teams that won Super Bowls. Oof. For sure. Didn't win one. So, and everybody's like, why do you hate Peyton Manning so much? I'm like, do you not remember that he beat my team in the Super Bowl? Listen, I'm telling you, that, that, game, that Super Bowl with the Broncos, they dragged his lifeless corpse to that Super Bowl. And they weakened it at Manning's. That, that's it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Show's over. We did it. We did it. We did it. Because that was it. Literally, that's they could have propped that son of a bitch in sunglasses <laughs> and a recliner behind center, and they would have done just as well. 100%. But, <laughs> and by the way, we also do agree, too. Jay Cutler is a great quarterback. I think he's one of the greatest Packers quarterbacks to ever exist. All right, all right, so, all right. I, so, but it's it. So, do you think right now that you're wasting, like, 100%. 100%. 100%. Interact. I don't know where I stand on it because I feel like a successful season for me is you make the playoffs and that's it. Because if you yeah. make the playoffs, it doesn't matter. It, literally the entire regular season doesn't matter because you have a shot. And I yeah. feel like the Packers have been so consistent for so long of making the playoffs that could we have done things differently? A million percent. But I mean, there's no guarantee that would have worked. There's no guarantee that we would have brought in a free agent and he would have been successful. So I think it, at this point, it's just you talked about how the Packers draft, and I think that while it can be very infuriating for fans, yeah. they don't complain five years down the line when we're still in playoff contention, you know? And Yeah. Could be the alternative. Yeah, it, it, it could be. <laughs> like, my dad is still pissed about starting Flutie in 86 and things like that. Like, that is Bears. That's the life of a Bears fan. It just runs deep. It just, yeah. it just it, listen. Why didn't we start Harbaugh? Like, I, I can't answer. I don't, I don't know. know that. I don't, I don't know. Listen, we're not Lions fans. It could yeah, always be worse. And at least there's some hardware in the trophy case. Yes. That's it. That's, that's all we can say. You don't have to wear your Sportsmith or Portsmouth Spartans shirt or anything like that to be like, look at us. We did it. We did it, guys, at one time. Remember we made the playoffs at one time? But, Adam, it has been phenomenal having you on the show. Thank you so I, much. I, I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can bump up those numbers to 3% positivity. I'm not optimistic. Yeah, I hope so. No, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but please tell the people where they can find you, where they can direct the, the death anger. threats to. Yeah, yeah, all, where right. all that can go. Yeah, I, I mute so many people on Twitter that it's probably not even worth it. Go hit me up on Instagram, at Adam Rank NFL. That's where you get them. And that's where it hurts the most. Just, <laughs> if there's a photo of my kids, like, leave that alone. And I don't, I don't have to tell the fan bases of 31 teams that. But there is a, 
there's a fan base in Tennessee that might not have gotten the memo <laughs> oh my yet. God. So like, listen, like I'm a joke. Like I get it. Um, but yeah, just hit me up on Instagram and like that. And hopefully soon we will have the definitive word if the Adam rank podcast will be returning. Oh, so man. we're working through some things and working on some sponsors for the relaunch or whatever. And there's always hoops. There's always red tape, but thank you so much uh, for having me. I'm glad that we are able to do this. You are a delight. This was fun. And you've, you're, you're now my favorite Packers fan. Don't tell Nagler, but you're now my favorite <laughs> Packers fan. A big shout out and thank you to Mr. Adam Rank for coming on the show and giving me some of his time. Not bad for a Bears fan. So go and check him out. You can always find me at TomGrossyComedy.com or at TomGrossyComedy on all social media. See down below. Check out Packcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy. We'll be streaming tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. I will see you there for the live Q&A. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grossy. And as always, Go Pack Go! (laughs) 